Anybody got something to be thankful for? So Thanksgiving obviously is coming up, and um, I wanted to show you uh, a verse that that stuck out to me uh, many years ago. And uh, I was always told that it really wasn't for today. It didn't mean what it meant, but it. I know now that it, is, it does mean what it says. Amen. I've been set free. You're going to be, if you haven't, like me, you'll be set free this morning too uh, about that verse. But we are to be thankful in all things, right? God says, I wish above all things. That's a lot coming from God who created all things. He says, I wish above all things. And we're going to see that verse in just a minute. All right. So let's uh, let's go right into scripture. Oh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always on time. It's always true. Father, thank you for giving us hope. Thank you for giving us life as as we see Jesus in your word. Father, speak through me to the people you have here appointed at this time to be here. Father, they, when they walk out of here, they will walk out of here with hope. They will walk out of here with life having uh, met with Jesus this morning. We thank you for all you're going to do for us and in us and through us today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen, 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 amen. All right, so this is Jesus in Luke chapter 4. We're just going to jump right on into it. Then he said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. No prophet is accepted in his own country, in his own hometown, right? Because Jesus is fixing to get kicked out of his own hometown, all right? But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. Say widow. Widow. There were many widows. You see that there? There were many widows back then, but only one received provision. Only one in the book, in, in, in the Bible. And I want to show you what is special. Who, Jesus is talking to Jewish people in his own hometown. Right? He's talking to him about provision. He's talking to him about healing. We're about to see that. My, my thought was when I read this, why, why is Jesus using these two examples? Right? You, you always got a question like, because you can find life. You can find stuff in Scripture when you do that. You sit back and you go, okay, Jesus used these two examples. Let's go back and read them and see why he used those two people. Okay? Look what he says. The widow. Many widows, but only one. If you go back to that story in 1 Kings this is where it comes from. This is what Jesus is talking about. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Remember, there's a famine going on there, right? And as, I, as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, Lord your God, she's not a Jewish person. She's not an Israeli. Okay. As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. <laughs> if I'm her son, I'm like, look, moms, <laughs> I ain't coming to dinner tonight. 
right? Who wants to go to a dinner where you can eat and die? Not me. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now, that's beautiful. Amen. That she she doesn't deserve it. She doesn't even she doesn't even know God. But Jesus is using her as an example. Why? Why use a widow who's not even a Jewish person to give an example to Jewish people who are about to kick you out of town, your own town? So she went away and, and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. So we have a widow. This is provision. Yes, it didn't run dry. How many of you guys know that that's not just for that widow? God provides for us. We're not going to go without. That's what the Bible says. He's our shepherd. We shall not lack. Amen. Whenever you feel like you're lacking, you need to start speaking truth. Would you agree? Instead of saying, I don't have, I wish I had, say, I am thankful that my God is my shepherd and I shall not lack. Amen? Speak it. So go back here. Go back here. All right? So that was provision, the widow. Here's the second example in the same chapter. And many lepers. Leper, what's a leper? So now we're talking what? Sicknesses, healing, right? Before we had provision, and now he's going to address healing. But notice, he's using Gentiles. He's not using Jewish people, Israel's, Israelis, amen? He's, now he's going into a second one. And then many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. Why? Why would they be mad? Jesus is giving them two examples. Naaman was, was a Syrian. He was not a Jewish person, but he got healed. You remember that? Elisha said, go dip yourself in the water, the river Jordan. How many times? Seven, right? Elijah didn't touch him and heal him because that was reserved for Jesus. Are you with me? Elijah spoke the words God gave him, but Jesus, that's why it was so huge when Jesus would go around and hug a leper. Because back then, what? If you, if you touched the leper, the law was you, you, you had to be killed because you would catch what the leper had. But in the new covenant, the leper catches what Jesus has. That's how powerful he is. Amen? Isn't he good? He, he, he went around and he healed. He healed these people. And, he, and, and he's providing for these people. And he's using these two things. And they got mad. His own hometown got mad. They got mad. It says when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. Do you know what it means to be filled with wrath? It's one thing to be mad, but when you're filled with wrath, you're possessed. You ever see a mad person? Like a real mad person? If you haven't, I want you to go to Michigan this weekend. And you will see a bunch of mad people after that football game. <laughs> or Tallahassee, whichever one. 
I got a bet, though. Florida State loses. I will wear orange and blue next week. I didn't say where. They ain't going to be here. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't even know if I have any orange and blue. No, no, don't be sending gifts. Don't, no, 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 no. Can we get back to scripture, please? All right, so where were we? Oh, yeah, fighting mad. They were filled wrath, and they rose up and thrust him out of the city, and they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. Why were they so mad? Why would they want to throw Jesus over the cliff, right? But then look what Jesus does. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. They were mad, man. They were fighting mad. They wanted to kill him. And he's just like, calm, cool, collected, right? And you know what? He goes to the next city. Grace will not force itself on you. Those people lost out on being healed and provided for. They did. You know what? They didn't want it. They wanted the old way. They wanted to earn it. They wanted to have to work for it. They wanted to be under law. But Jesus was willing and prepared to, to heal people and to provide for people. And they didn't want it. They got mad. So he just went to the next one. I'm telling you, grace is not going to chase you. It won't force itself on you. You have to receive it. Amen? If they would have received him, there would have been a different outcome. Grace will not force itself on you. I said that. Does God want you to prosper? Yeah. And it's not about, hey, man, there it goes, that prosperity preaching. No, it's not my prosperity preaching. It's not. I want to show you from Scripture where this is true. Okay? And this is the verse that everybody told me was not for me. Or I was taken out of context. But it says, beloved. That means you, beloved, the one being loved. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. How many things? All things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now this prosper, listen, money is, there's nothing wrong with money. It's the love of money that jacks people up. There's rich people that love money. There's poor people that love money. There's, is, if money's on your mind all the time, I got my money on my mind. If it's on your mind all the time, you got a problem because you love your money, whether you have it or you don't have it. You love money. Listen, money is not an issue to God. It's the love of money. And that could be for anything. It could be food. Anybody love food? Anybody get a little carried away with food? Anybody thinking about food right now? I'm just saying. Better check yourself. Before you wreck yourself. I'm going to get wrecked Thursday, boy, I can tell you that. I start my running on Saturday, though. I always say that, and I never do it. I just thought I'd say it in front of people in my email. Beloved, I pray that you. Now, in, in, in the original, it says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Prosper and be in health. You remember the two people Jesus used? Gentiles, didn't know the law, didn't know God. But they received from God's person, the prophets, right? So, so you have you have uh, provision and you have healing. See, and be in health. Does God want you to be healthy? Yeah. Has God paid for you to be healthy? I should say. Yeah. But if people say, "Hey, man, that's talking about spiritual stuff," no, that's that's taken care of right there. Just as your soul prospers. So this is not talking about spiritual healing. See, 
just as your soul prospers. That's the spiritual side of it. But God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be in health. Amen? We see it right there. So why does God want you to prosper? Well, check this out. Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he has borne our griefs, say griefs, and carried our sorrows, say sorrows. Now, those words might not mean what you think they mean. Jesus carried our, he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Let's look at the word for, for grief. What does it mean? Sickness. He bore our sicknesses. Now, that's a little different than he bore our grief, isn't it? I don't know why they translated that way, but in the original, it's he bore our sicknesses. Right? The next word, pain, sorrow. He bore your pain, physical pain, mental pain. He bore it. He, he took care of it. He took it from you. That's what that verse means. Now, that verse is more powerful now, isn't it? Because you know what he did for you. You are healed from your sickness. You are healed from, from your pain. And some of the times, guys, it's our mind that gets us. We might not have any pain. But we got painful memories. Amen? I got a lot of painful memories. And, and, and sometimes they'll pop back up, like the smell of something will remind me of where I was. And you, anybody else like that? We were created that way. But Jesus bore our sicknesses and our pain. And here it is in the New Testament Matthew 8 17. This is what Jesus is talking about. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, that's different than grief and sorrow, isn't it? But that's what it means. He himself took our infirmities. Would you rather Jesus take them or you keep them? He took them. Notice it's took. It's not he's going to take it. He took it. See it? And bore our sicknesses. Now, if somebody says, hey, that's, he's talking about spiritual stuff right there. Well, keep it in context. It's verse 17. What's verse 16 say? When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. A word. Jesus didn't have to say, hey, go bathe in the river seven times. He said a word. You know what I think that word was? I am. It's one word in, in Hebrew. You're like, sure, that's two words. In Hebrew, it's one word. I am. Right? He can just say his name. Jesus. If they know who he is, they flee at the name of Jesus. Right? So, with one word, he cast them out and healed. How many did he heal? He healed all. Don't tell me Jesus can heal some people and not heal other people. That's a lie. He heals everybody. And even death has lost his sting. So even people say, well, they died. Yeah, <laughs> they may have died, but where they are now, they're perfect. You can't get any more healed than when you get to heaven. You got a new body, amen? As Pastor said earlier, but I ain't going to need one. I'll be like, look, Jesus, I'm good. This is my heavenly body. Why y'all laughing? Y'all see I was turning blue because I was sucking it in. <laughs> How do y'all always make it about me? <laughs> hey, who said that? 
escort her out. Where am I, man? Oh, oh, and healed all who were sick. So is it talking about physical healing? Yeah, look, keep it in context. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And if you keep it in context, he was healing everybody who was sick. So does God want you to be healed? Yeah, has God paid for it? Yes, he has. He wants you to prosper in all things, and he wants you to, he, he wants your body, he wants you walking in health. It says that. But the more we focus on our sickness, the more we speak sickness out, guess what? The more sick we become. Would you agree? All right, so sacrificial lambs of the old covenant. You guys know you can go and look at this and do some research. Sacrificial lambs, they would bring a lamb in. The high priest would inspect the lamb, right? And the high priest would never look at the offerer because the offerer, everybody knew, was sinful. So the, the high priest would inspect the lamb, the representative representative of the offerer, right? And 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 then... The way they were to do it was they had this very sharp blade. They would find the vein on the side of the neck. And they would cut that vein. And within seconds, that lamb would be dead. Right? Not a whole lot of suffering. Within seconds. That's how God ordained them to do it. So, that's an Old Testament sacrificial lamb. But look what happened to the final sacrificial lamb. Right? So, Pilate wanting to gratify the crowd released Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. Back then, you either got scourged or you got crucified. He got both. Jesus got both. You know what scourging is, right? You know, it's the whip. It's got glass. It's got metal. It's, 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 it's got everything that ripped. And, he, and most likely, the Jewish law was 40 minus 1, which would have been 39 times. But did the Jewish people do the whipping? No, it was the Romans, right? And so Romans were cruel. I'm sure that it was much more than 39. So they're whipping him. They're scourging him with every stripe. Skin is coming off his back. So why? Why would Jesus have to be be tortured like that? Why would he have to suffer when all the other sacrificial lambs didn't have to suffer? It wasn't that God allowed Pilate to be Pilate. This was God's plan. This was God's plan. Look, unlike the Old Testament lambs, Jesus was tortured. Why? Then you go to Isaiah 53, 5. It tells you why. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. That's why he was tortured. Those other lambs couldn't heal you. Jesus can, though. Jesus did. He was tortured with every lash that came off his back. One stroke, skin came off. With that same stroke, your cancer was healed. With that same stroke, your diabetes was healed. Your arthritis was healed. Your mind was healed. We have to believe that, guys. It's not enough to know it's in the Bible, but you got to believe it. And you got the way you believe it, I'm going to show you in a second. I'm not going to leave you hanging. How many of you guys are like, that sounds great. I've tried it. Doesn't always work. Anybody feel like that? We being real. 
Yeah, sometimes it really feels like that. <laughs> Where is God? You think he, he stepped out for a second. God is never gone. <laughs> right? We are. We will step out. Do you guys understand that? I always tell you, man, I love it when people say, I found Jesus. <laughs> really? He wasn't long. You were. Maybe he found you. That makes it better when you think about someone searching you out and finding you, right? All right. Oh, here it is, just in case you didn't believe Isaiah. Here it is in the New Testament, 1 Peter 2.24. Who himself, not together with us, who himself bore our sins in his own body. In his own body is important because a lot of people say he did it spiritually. No, he did it in his own body. In his own body on the tree that we, this is why, that we, having died to sins, we're dead to sins. Say, I'm dead to sin. We saw that last week. What does that mean? I'm dead to the judgment, the punishment, the condemnation, the guilt of sin. That's what Jesus did for us. Might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. We got to know that we are righteous because of what Christ did. And that then we start to, then we can claim our healing. A lot of people are trying to get their healing without understanding that they're righteous. You got to know who you are. Amen. So how do we receive this? How do we receive provision and healing? Well, Romans 4.13 says this. For the promise that he would be heir of the world. Heir of the world. That's us. Heir means everything that's in the blessings we get. We have. We're not waiting to be an heir. We are an heir. Prince Charles is waiting. Yes? He's not king yet. His mama's still alive at 108, still making decisions, right? Would you agree? So he's not heir yet, but we are heirs. We're not waiting to be. We're not heiresses. We are heirs right now. All the blessings of Abraham are ours. So uh, for the promise that he would be uh, the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed. Bible says that we're his seed. Amen. Not through the what? It means you can't earn it. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. It's a gift that's given to you. It's not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. It's faith. It's speaking out by faith. Even if you can't see it, you don't understand it, you still speak it out. Israel tried to get it by looking at their own obedience. They were like, that's why Jesus was telling them about these two people. Because he knew that they were getting it, trying to get it, trying to get provision, trying to get healing by what they did right. And Jesus is like, no, nah, I'm going to give you two examples of people that didn't even know God and got it. Right? So the widow and Naaman got it. They didn't. Jesus left that city, his home city. Woo, Galatians 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should bring the grace message into the church? That's how it was taught to me when I was growing up. That grace preacher is bewitching people. It's heresy. Good God. Good God Almighty. Anybody hear that? You, you watch those preachers on TV and they're like, my grandma used to say, don't listen to that. That's witchcraft. <laughs> but there was something that was drawing me, right? And, and it, it wasn't witchcraft because it was, it was focusing on Jesus. I heard more about Jesus in the grace message than I ever did under law. Would you agree? 
How many of you guys have learned more about Jesus by being here than you have your whole life? That, that's the way I am too. I'm like, man, every, now that I'm not under the law and I realize what it means, I truly see Jesus for who he is. Awesome, right? That you should obey the truth. Obey the truth. Say obey the truth. What is obey the truth, right? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. That means the finished work. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law? By doing right? Or did you receive the spirit by the, or, or by the hearing of faith? Remember? Faith. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Whenever you see flesh in the New Testament, it means self-effort. It means you're trying to obtain something by doing something. Are you with me? Drop down to verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. If you're trying Israel back in the day when Jesus was talking to them in Luke 4, they were under the works of the law. They were trying to obtain things based on what they did. There's a lot of believers like that today. They will go out of their way to be at the church door every time it's open. They'll sign up to volunteer for everything. You know why? Because in their mind, they're having to pay for what they did in their past. You know how I know that? That was me. I, it almost ruined my marriage. I, I, was, I was in charge of everything. <laughs> I was trying to make up for all the stuff I did. I mean, if they'd have let me be Pope, I'd have been Pope. I'd have tried out for it. I mean, like, where's the hat? None of my former Catholics are here today, so I don't have to apologize. Don't tell her I said it. Uh, <laughs> the curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law. All things. You can't keep one. You can't keep nine and break one. You break them all, right? Uh, or, and you got to do all of them. <laughs> you got to do all of them. Has anybody ever done that? Even David, all the Old Testament heroes, did they do it? No, they didn't. All right? But that no one is justified by the law. No one is justified by the law. The just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith. Now that's interesting. Because I grew up saying, you got to keep the law. You got to know the law. You got to memorize the law. You get a candy bar if you do. Right? You know that. Ten, ten, ten commandments. Law, 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 law. You can't do this. Thou shall not, thou shall not, you shall not, you shall not. All that stuff, right? But it says that that law is not of faith. But, but, but the Bible says that anything that's not of faith is a sin. The law is the knowledge of sin. That's what it was designed to do. To tell you that you need a Savior. Because you can't keep it. Right? It's the most impossible to-do list in the history of the world. Second to the one I got from Kelly last weekend. The just shall live by faith, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them, right? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Why? Oh, what does it say? Curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. That, this is why, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We have right now the blessings of Abraham. All of them. Deuteronomy 28, go read them. But notice it says that Christ redeemed us from the curses. Like, we don't have the curses of Abraham, 
but we do get the blessings of Abraham. Isn't that awesome? That's how good God is. He's like, I'm going to take the curses out and you'll get the blessings. Why? Because I love you. But do you know me? Yeah, I created you. But you know what I did? Yeah. You know what my son did? Right? Whenever you start that, whenever you let Satan or whatever get in your head and say, hey, do you remember when you did this? Tell Satan, do you remember when Jesus died? Powerful. This is what Paul says. You remember obey the truth? It used to be obedience by works, like what you do, right? But look what Paul says, and this is Romans chapter 1. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Like now Paul says it used to be obedience by what you do, but now it's obedience by faith. He finishes Romans, and Romans 16 says, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. That's what we do here. We find Jesus in the Old Testament, don't we? And we have life, man. And, 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 but now, but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. In other words, it's no longer about your obedience uh, to the law. It's about obedience to faith. Do you believe that Jesus kept the law for you, died to the law for you. That's faith. So here's a question. If I keep the law and live right, God will bless me. You don't have to answer it out loud. But I used to think, yeah, that's exactly right. If I keep the law and I live right, because that's what churches do today. They try to tell people you got to live right. You got to live right. You got to live a holy life. If you want to be blessed by God, you got to live a holy life. I don't know why they throw that fuck in at the end of it all the time. But they add stuff to it, right? It's kind of like when you hear Reba McIntyre sing. She adds like all these syllables and vowels in there. Um, I don't listen to Reba. But don't churches today try to tell people that this is why things are happening? That if you want God to bless you, you got to be obedient? How many of you guys were obedient when Jesus came? That's always my question back to you. The Bible says, yet while we were still, would you say that's disobedience? Christ came. Like the greatest gift ever given to earth came while we were not being obedient. So you're going to tell me that if I'm obedient, I'll get gifts? I'm like, get away from me because I'm not receiving that. That's not for me. See, my answer is, if I keep the law and live right, God will bless me. That's not true. Because you can't keep the law. You can't live right. You can try, but you can't do it. You're going to fail. And that's where we have to know that when we fail, that God is no longer holding against us like he did in the old covenant. It's a new covenant. Look at this. This verse in Romans 4, and then we're almost, this. I think we have two verses left, right? For if those who are of the law are heirs, in other words, if you're an heir because you do the right thing, you try to live right, you try to keep the law, if that's you, if you're an heir that way, faith is made, whoa, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect. That's a very bad place to be, isn't it? If faith is void and the promise of Jesus is made of no effect, meaning that you're not going to be an heir anymore, 
That's because you're trying to earn it. You're trying to work for it. You're trying to work your past off. You need to let your past go. That's an old thing. You are a new creation. And don't let Satan get up in here and say, hey, that's not, that's who you are. That's who you are. That's what you did. I am not that man anymore. You are not that woman anymore. You are not what you say you are. You're not what your past says you are. You're not what the world says you are. You are who God says you are. And you are justified. You are righteous. Amen? Don't let your past dictate your future. Ever. Learn from it. But don't let somebody condemn you with it and make you feel guilty. Amen? I got a lot of stuff to be guilty of. A lot. Anybody else? Really? Just really? Tell us. Give us one example. I'm sure. <laughs> Anybody really want to give me that? Bob, come on, man. This will be the best moment of your life. <laughs> one time. One time. Yeah. When I was younger, I drank one time. Drank the stain. Because, uh, can we get back to Scripture, Bob? You okay? Uh, it's, the promise is made of no effect because the law brings about wrath. The law brings about wrath. Where there is no law, there is no transgression. Do not skip over that. If there's no law, there's no transgression. What does that mean? Christ is the end of the law. Therefore, there is now no transgression. God doesn't see you as a sinner. He sees you covered by the blood of your Savior. That's a big difference, amen? How many people need to hear that? Because when you sin, you, you, shame, guilt, condemnation, you want to run from God because you think he doesn't want you at the table anymore. That is the enemy getting in your head and trying to tell you who you are. You got to know that you always have a place at the table because it's not based on what you do. It's based on what Jesus did for you. Y'all excited? I'm excited. All right. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to. What about those grace preachers? I am a grace preacher. But grace to me is not a theology. It is a person. And his name is Jesus. Amen? When people say he's a grace preacher, no, I'm a Jesus preacher. So that the promise might be sure. To all the seed, to all the seed, right? Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham and who is the father of us all. Last verse, because this is what Satan does not want you to remember. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's who we are today. Right now, where you are, if you confess Jesus with your mouth and you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you are righteous in God's sight. There's no more judgment for you. Because, you know, it, it doesn't, when you get to heaven, it's going to be like, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. There's not going to be judgment for you. Jesus took your judgment. But people say, hey, you, you still got to, somebody's got to pay for sin. Somebody's got to pay for sin. He did. I mean, step back 
and just think about some of the stuff that you've learned your whole life and, and step back and go, what? He did. He did. He did. Say he did. He did. He did. He did it for me. I'm going to get my shot past the wing. It's either going to be here or America's got talent. Because they're coming to Miami. I'm going to go slow out. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> hey, will you guys stand with me? This is what you need to do. This is one of the most important things that you will ever, that you can take out of this message. And that is, if, if you feel guilt, if you feel condemnation, if you feel shame about when you fail, about when you fall, you need to immediately immediately in your mind and with your mouth confess the truth because the, the bible says that jesus died on account of our sin romans 4 right he died would you all agree he died on account of our sin we know that to be true we do we know it but the second part verse 25 of that same chapter very next verse says and he rose like we know why he died he died for our sin but why did he rise it tells us he rose on account of us being justified. You know what that means? That means that, that he died for our sins, but the fact that he rose, God sees us as justified. Justified. You have justification. When you go into a courtroom, anybody been in a courtroom? And it wasn't a visit. Amen? We're, we're like, we're like, oh, Lord, if you can just take care of this, I will be in church every Sunday for the rest of my life. You start making deals with God, right? Yeah. Who laughed out loud like that because you know it's true? <laughs> Angel, I ain't mean to call you on this. <laughs> hey, but it's true, right? You feel condemned. You feel guilty. You feel like you're like all eyes are on you. But in heaven, it's not like that. We can't take our earthly mindset to heaven. All eyes will be on Jesus in heaven. All eyes will be shining on him. And they won't even be looking at you because it's going to be the accuser who's saying, hey, look what he did. You know what he did? Look at his past. But you know what? God, God the Father is very close with your attorney. Very close. Amen? And Jesus is like, I got him. I got him. I got him. He's forgiven. Sin paid for. He's justified by my blood. Boom. Case closed. That's the good news. That's the good news for us. We got to know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That I am justified by the blood of Jesus. That's what we need to say. Because the more you focus on where you fail, your mind will fail. But when you start to say life words over yourself, you start to speak the truth over yourself. Now you're getting up and you're walking in power. I guarantee you there's people in this room right now that came in here defeated, but they're going to walk out of here having victory, having been, having been met with Jesus in the word today. Amen? Focus on the truth. Focus on the truth. Always focus on the truth. you got a lot to be thankful for. And I'd encourage you, this Thanksgiving, before you sit at the big table and you look at that spread, man, don't just give thanks. How about do communion with your family? Do some communion right there with your family. That would be a great time. Everybody's together. 
Instead of thanking Jesus for all this food and our family and our friends, do communion, man. Do communion. Thank him for the real gift, the real gift of righteousness and the real gift of healing. Amen? He's provided it all for you. It's yours. What a beautiful opportunity to do that. Start a new family tradition. Amen? All right. I'm going to bring Pastor D up. If you have any prayer requests, I want to uh, just share this with you. A lot of you guys know uh, the risers, right? Melissa, Matt. Matt's mom passed away last night. Last night. I spoke to them this morning. They're doing really well. She told me that that uh, that she experienced something really cool last night with the family. She said most of the time people be crying over each other and and hopeless. But she said she sat in the living room and everybody started speaking out Bible verses. Like they were just going around the room and throwing Bible verses out there. And she said the, the, the temperature in the room was like awesome. And I thought that was really cool. That blessed me this morning because usually if it's my family, we are. We're hugging each other. We're crying. We're praying. We're speaking. They, they, they started speaking Bible verses around in a circle in their living room. And I thought, man, that was awesome. And it brought life to that room. But keep them in your prayer. Uh, if you have their number, reach out to them. Just say you're thinking about them. That would be great, I think. They would appreciate that. Um, but if you have prayer requests like that, please come and, uh, and find us. We're here. We're available. We'll pray with you. Um, if you are looking for a church home, this is who we are. This is what we do. These are the songs we sing. This is the word we preach, the finished work of Jesus. We believe it. Amen. We've seen lives changed by it. It's been phenomenal. If, you, if that's you and you want to be a part of this, man, we'd love to uh, have you come up here and fill out this sheet so we can have a record of it. Um, and most importantly, if you don't know who Jesus is, by now, I, I, I'd be shocked. <laughs> Maybe you thought you knew who he was, but you see who he really is today. How much scripture did we go through, church? I mean that the, the word is powerful, amen? amen. He loves people, and there's not you 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 cannot there's not one sin out there that's greater than His grace. That's right, not one. And if you think that the enemy's saying, "Hey, there's no way you're going to be forgiven for that," I can promise you that's a lie from the pit of hell, and it's meant to hold you in bondage. And once you freely just just freely step out, man, and and, and you and you and you and you, and you just confess Jesus with your mouth. Let's do that. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Let's do it. This is, uh, just, just let's all repeat it together. Even though we're saved, we know who we are. Let's make it comforting for people. Amen? Amen. Let's repeat after me. Father. Father. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. I confess Jesus. I confess Jesus. With my mouth. With my mouth. And I believe in my heart. And I believe in my heart. That God raised him from the dead. That God raised him from the dead. I am saved. I am saved. I am just. I am justified by the blood. By the blood of Jesus. Of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you something. That might have been short, but God wants you to know. It, it, it. He made it simple. Religion jacked it up. There's no class you're about to have to take for 12 weeks, right? We we ain't gonna teach it. <laughs> Amen. Not a class. If you've said that prayer right there, you are saved forever. Your sins covered by the blood of Jesus forever. Amen. Your 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 home in heaven secure right now forever, forever. You said that prayer. If you did say that prayer, please find us afterwards and share that joy with us. Just share. We just hug you and love on you, and that's it. Amen. Amen. We ain't gonna try to talk you out of it. 
We're just going to love on you. If that's you, man, please find us afterwards. Again, if you have prayer requests, man, we're here. There's a bunch of people here. We got oil here. We would love to spend time praying over you and your family. Uh, other than that, we're going to let Pastor Dwayne pray us out of here and bless us on the way out. You simply receive those blessings, church, by saying amen. That means let it be so to me. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to just come before you and just lift up uh, Matt and Melissa and their family, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for the life uh, uh, that you gave to the, uh, his mother, Father. Thank you for uh, just for comforting them, Father, right now at this time. Thank you for uh, being their strength. Thank you, Father, for uh, just allowing them to be together, just to experience you even in the midst uh, of her passing, God. We ask, God, that you would just continue to do what only you can do in their lives and strengthen and comfort and build up, Father. We thank you for uh, the opportunity to just uh, stand with them and to speak life over them, Father. We thank you for your love for them and thank you, Father, for using that, Melissa, and for all those loved ones and friend, friend, family members and friends, Father, that gathered around uh, just to encourage each other, Father, during this season, Father. We just lift them up to you. We just speak life over them right now in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you for allowing us to come into this place today to have sweet fellowship with one another and, and with you, God. We thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for giving us ears to hear and hearts to receive your word today. Thank you, Father, for a great time of praise and worship, Father, and, and thanksgiving unto you, Father. Thank you for ministering to us. Thank you for speaking uh, through Pastor Troy, Father, and, and just uh, just revealing yourself and your love, Father, all the more. Thank you, Father, for your grace, which is sufficient for our lives. Thank you, Father, for equipping us for every good work, Father. You created us for great purpose. Your plan for us is sure. And so, Father, we thank you that uh, you order our steps. And you, uh, you send us, Father, where uh, you would have us to go. Bless us, Father, that we might be a blessing to one another and to those in this world, Father. Send them uh, to tell them to share with them, Father, the good news of the gospel uh, of your, your son. We bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. We are dismissed.